on there. Doing pretty good. Trying to get everything squared away. You stayed dry today? Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I got off the phone, I heard how hard it was raining yeah. this morning. Mm-hmm. Coming down. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. And then, like, I guess, I don't know, I want to say around two-ish or something. It was just like the skies just opened up. It got, like, real dark, like as dark as it is now. And it was just mm-hmm. windy and rain. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, this weather pattern is I'm during this time of the year, back home, it's normal to have like a thunderstorm, something like that during this time of the year. Yeah. But I don't think it's been up here, it's ever been like this. <laughs> no, no, this is the, the like this is a springtime sort of weather pattern yeah. that we're getting. And it's weird because we're in getting ready to be December. Yeah. You know, where it typically up here in December, it's not, it's, I don't remember it being this mild. I mean, the last few years it has been mild, but like December, Thanksgiving time, it start, you start feeling mm-hmm. a little colder. But we haven't, I think we had like one day so far that was down in like the 30s because, you know, I got to turn off the water hose, the water uh, faucets inside the house and, and the, make sure the faucets all covered up outside around the house. Yeah. Because I don't want to freeze up. But we haven't been having no weather. We haven't been having no cold weather. So. Yeah, since we've been oh, up here. Each time how's your day going so far? Well, how's it been, I should say? Yeah, been all right. <laughs> I'm happy to be off. <laughs> Definitely happen to be off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I had it on earlier when I was working, and I had it on the Weather Channel, mm-hmm. and I heard things start going off. Said tornado, tornado watch. And I'm like tornado watch. I'm like this mm-hmm. is crazy because you since we've been up here, usually by this time frame, it's it's cold. But yeah, this right here reminds me of Florida, a winter in Florida. <laughs> wow! So it was it was a tornado watch for like. Uh... Yeah, they had it all for Prince George's County. Um, everything. I don't think. Yeah, anything. Um, going east from Prince Prince oh, wow. County on east. And I was like, this is just insane. <laughs> definitely weird I just weird thing I just came from the grocery store um, kind of last minute kind of preparing for the you know we talked about the fast and I'm like hold up I ain't got nothing to eat, <laughs> to eat. <laughs> so I'll wake up tomorrow morning and be like okay we on this fast you know, you've been in the past, past before. It it comes a point where it just hits you. Like, man, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. You know? And so I was like, I make sure I got some vegetables and stuff. And it's like usually when I get it, like right in the middle of it, I get these weird cravings. Mm-hmm. It's like stuff that I normally wouldn't think of to eat <laughs> pops up in my head. Or like like, man, maybe I should cook this. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm fasting. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's like the stuff don't come up in my mind when I'm not fasting. But when I'm fasting, all of a sudden, it's like 
like a switch just gets turned on like yeah this right here would be a good idea to make nachos this way right right <laughs> right, right. yeah that's when i when i'm fasting that's when i get the greatest ideas for different type of combinations and stuff like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So we are in Mark chapter three. And um, yes. an excellent chapter. I had to read this over a couple of times because there's some things in here that you you kind of could miss if you just, mm-hmm. just kind of because again it's a short, short chapter, and just like chapter one, chapters one and two, very short, but it's 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 packed full of things, but you gotta take your time. You got to really, really, you know, tuck that napkin in your shirt, get your knife in your fork and really, (laughs) you know, take 32 bites, you know, 32 chews on this thing to really understand what's really going on. So just as you call, I was reading it over, you know, just again and just seeing all the things that was going on. And and it's again, it's different. And and it's, it's funny because. Um, and after, you know, after this, we'll pray or whatever. Um, but it, it seems like the book of Matthew is more, I can relate to it more because of the detailed way it was written. And yeah, and yeah. Because, I mean, that's kind of how I write. That's kind of, you know, I talk that way. I try to be very clear in my communications, but I may be, I may talk a little too much, you know what I'm saying? Or write a little bit like, you know, all through my doctoral stuff is like, well, you're writing a lot of a lot of words. What are you really trying to say? You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. with Mark, I see it's it's very short and to the point. It's not very colorful. It, and it's and it's so it, like I need to like where I could have, you know, visualize a lot of what Matthew was talking about. This one is not so much. I can't visualize it that much because the, the language isn't that visual and colorful. This is very to the point. Um, it's like a grown-up talking to kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and and so I, I'm I'm having to force myself to really slow down and understand that it is a different style of writing. It's a different style mm-hmm. of writing and a different and and more than that, it's a different way of communicating. And it just brings me to how um, we know that Jesus, Holy Spirit, the Father, will meet you wherever you are. And he has so many different ways of communicating with us. So many different yeah. ways. So so I'm just I was just appreciating that here before before we jumped on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like how it does get straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Like it's He's just he real he's just real blunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really there's no room at the same time. He definitely needs, leaves no room for questioning who Jesus is. Yeah, yeah. Cause he like what I'm getting from Mark is that he's painting the perfect picture that this was not an ordinary name. Mm-hmm. But he how he's talking about him, he he doesn't how Matthew kind of like how can I put it? It's like Mark isn't coming out and literally saying Lord all the time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He, he's talking about him as regular pronoun. He. <laughs> yeah. That that was, that was, 
a bit strange for me because he, and, and in some places, he and him, they're italicized. Yeah. And I was like, what is, like, what, what is he trying to do here? Because normally, like you said, in Matthew, it's Jesus, it's Lord. You know, it's, it's, it's more of that reference. But in Matthew, and maybe that's one of the things that's kind of thrown me off a little bit. Just the fact that he's, he, he never calls him Jesus. He never really calls him Lord. It's he and him. Yeah, it's rare. And he always does that. He and him. But when he's talking about Jesus and describing what he does, they're like, this is not an ordinary man. Yeah. So it's almost like trying to make it seem, I guess, to a degree, Jesus being more relatable. By I guess by using that he, him. But at the same time, describing what he what he's done and like man ain't no man could ever do that like that's that's kind of like the mindset i'm getting with with mark especially like when he breaks down like with chapter at the end of chapter two and coming into chapter three i felt like it was like a continuation of the sabbath conversation but he is still not saying lord yeah, because how he, like, how he describes, because he is, like, I kind of got the gist on with chapter, at the beginning of chapter three and the ending of chapter two, it's still uh -huh. talking about the Sabbath. But yeah. when it, when he's talking about Jesus, he's still using he, him for the most part. Mm -hmm. But when he describes him, it's like, when he describes what he's doing, it's like, this isn't a man. Yeah. But it's, I guess, in a sense, by using he and him, is bringing Jesus down to our le level. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like kind of like, I guess it's still causing you to look up at him when you're looking at all everything that he did. Right. Because no man, no man could have did it, could have mm -hmm. did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's powerful. It's, it's, it's very powerful. And um, one that you have to consider when, when you're reading this text. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's start off with a word of prayer and then um let's just dig into it. Yep. All right. Welcome to the Walking with Jesus Podcast, a podcast that allows followers of Christ to experience Jesus in a new way with Evan and Malcolm. Two regular guys walking with Jesus. Each week, we, while we converse and reason about the things of the Bible and in our lives, we believe that Jesus will draw near and walk with us just like he did in Luke 24, verse 15. Now here's your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, with an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for another day, Lord. Thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, dear Father. We thank you for another opportunity to pour over your word, dear Father, uh, to gain intimacy with you, to gain time and, and understanding and revelation from you, dear Lord. And even if we don't get a revelation, dear Lord, just sitting at the feet of your word, and soaking it up, dear Lord, 
this being in your presence is such a blessing, your Father, because we could be in we could be in dire straits right now. But thankfully, dear Father, we are in a comfortable situation where we're seeking you, dear Father. We thank you for this time. We pray that during this time, dear Lord, that you have your way. Have your way, dear Father. Whatever it may be distracting us, whatever may be uh, uh, blocking our connection with you um, that, that's going on in our lives, in the listeners' lives, we pray it be defeated and cast down right now, dear Father. Let us come to you fully, clearly, fully transparent, all of us, dear Lord, not just part of us, all of us. Pray that we'll be in the moment and receive from you whatever it is that you have for us during this time. We lift up Brother Evan right now. We pray that his words are clear, his mind and heart are focused, and he brings uh, more insight, um, the insight that is flowing through, uh, through, through him to our listeners, to me, dear Lord, so that we may be edified and grow in our education and knowledge and understanding of you, dear Lord. We pray, dear Father, that you continue to bless him, continue to guide him, continue to give him strength, endurance, and patience as he manages uh, walking in the spirit, dear Father, in a, uh, in a world that uh, is not made for the spirit, dear Lord. We just ask that you continue to cover him and his family. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, we also just lift up our listeners, um, all of our uh, People that um, have listened to the podcast and have supported us, dear Father, we pray that this time uh, is a blessing to them, dear Father, a blessing to their ears. We know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray that during this time, their faith is uh, boosted, dear Lord, it's in, it enhanced, dear Father, that they may their 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 spirit man may may be uh, grow stronger during this time, dear Lord. We also pray. Dear Father, that if they don't know you, dear Lord, that they take the time, dear Father, during this time to listen to what we're saying, and uh, maybe they can get to learn a little bit more about you, dear Lord. We pray, dear Father, also if they're unsure, that they make that commitment to be a Christ follower, dear Lord. All you ask for us to be is willing, dear Lord. Just be willing, and you'll do the rest. And so, Lord, we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. We also just pray uh, as we go through this, dear Lord, that you open our spiritual eyes, uh, open our, our hearts, dear Father, and uh, you give us what it is that we need to receive during this time. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so you you kind of segued or started the conversation on uh, the ending of chapter two is where they're, the the Pharisees and scribes are really starting to, you know, antagonize him about the Sabbath, and um, here we here we see in the beginning of chapter three, um, he entered the synagogue. And um, there was a man there with a withered hand. And what stood out to me in this interaction with Jesus um, from Mark's perspective is that um, he, he keeps it clean, as we said. It's, it's not a whole bunch of words and not a whole bunch of insight into the emotions of Jesus or the <laughs> man. But when it says the first thing that Jesus says to him 
step forward. And it just it just really stuck out to me that Jesus just wants us to be willing. Yeah. He he just really wants us to be willing because I think from willingness, you know, it, it's a it's a it's evidence of faith. And evidence of faith, you know, the word says all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. And he could work with it. And yeah. So, and so I think about, you know, how many times, you know, in my life um, or in people's lives in general where Jesus, Jesus said that to us and we didn't do anything. He said, mm-hmm. step forward. And that is definitely an act of that. Jesus says, come come forward. Mm-hmm. That's a command. But yeah. the obedience came from this man having faith in, in Jesus. That's right. It, and it's it's easy to overlook that part. It's really easy to overlook that how much faith is used just in the simple things pertaining to the mm-hmm. Lord. Because Jesus is standing right there in front of him. He says, come forward. One, you got to deal with these crazy Pharisees mm-hmm. that's just pop up out of the blue. And so one first thing that most people be like, well, why would I want to get up mm-hmm. when I may get attacked for listening to this man, right. listening to Jesus? But instead, it's, it's a lot of faith in a casual situation, mm. which will cause them to just to get up. And then from getting up, miracle. What I got also from this was, what was it, verse one, and he entered into the synagogue and a man was there whose hand was withered. They were watching him to see Mm -hmm. if he would heal him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. And the first thing that came to my mind again with this was these men, Pharisees, have the same characteristic again as Satan, trying to look to accuse him. Nothing else. We just want to find an accusation against him to try and discredit him in front of the masses. And what better place to do this in is in the synagogue. Mm. And I'm like, that, that, I feel like it's so easy to, I guess, how can I put it, to look at, because I feel like the same thing still goes on still to this day. When we have people that's more focused on trying to find an accusation in this person or that person, that's when that person is acting in characteristic of the evil one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. spirit won't will not drive a person to always look for an accusation, to always look for a reason to find something wrong. The spirit, the spirit of God doesn't operate like that. Spirit of God, yes, corrects, give you, you know. The, the inclination, like, okay, this is something that you're doing wrong, mm-hmm. but it's never just pointing the finger. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. At the end of the day, after you accuse him, why get mad does a man had his hand, had himself healed? That's, that's my biggest point. It's like, they're so mad that he's breaking the law that they are oblivious to the fact that he's healing people. Yeah, he's saving their lives, and he's doing something but, that 
that well, and, and mm -hmm. obviously we know that he was they were jealous of him, but he was he's doing something that they couldn't do. Yeah. And that's like the mindset of a sinner, right? Mm -hmm. Is to always find fault. So when I think about the accusations that they bring on Christianity, mm -hmm. it is this man was once a drunk and his whole life turned around. Right. This person was once on drugs and his whole life turned around when they found Jesus. <laughs> Marriage was, was going to be destroyed. But then when this couple turned around and got a hold of Christ, their marriages have been restored, and now it looks like they never was in that predicament. And I'm like, we hear these stories all the time, but yet still people find, they try and find something wrong with Christianity. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that, I feel like, comes from the mindset of a sinner. Which the Pharisees definitely, unfortunately, were. Yeah, yeah. But, but Paul says it, right? Paul says it, the law is it's a facilitator for sin yeah and and the pharisees that you know they held tightly and intensely to the law and and it mm -hmm. wasn't until um reading through this that because i guess in matthew the book of matthew th there is the confrontation and the interaction between jesus and the pharisees and the scribes and the sadducees but here it seems a lot more intense yeah, I, I, I guess because it's just like, you know, they, they're right there, you know, they're constantly there in these beginning chapters. And maybe they were with Matthew, but Matthew was more focused on Jesus and with and the other people than these Pharisees and, and scribes and stuff. But I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, man, why are they because you're absolutely right. They have the characteristics of Satan. And I'm like, man, were they more susceptible to influence by Satan because they held on so tightly and intensely to the law? Like, you know what? I think so. I, I think mainly because they held on to the law without a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Because I think if they would have had a relationship mm. with, with God, that would have it changed. Like. Jesus said, come forward to the man. Mm -hmm. The man automatically was like, of course, I'll get up and do it. Right. But these jokers on the outside looking in, mm -hmm. they're not even partaking in the miracle. And I feel like it's mainly because they, they don't know him. Right. They know they know of the book, yeah. but they don't know his ways mm -hmm. to really have an understanding. I'm like, okay, this, this is actual... The thing about it, he actually gives a definition to them on how they should be looking at the Sabbath in, in the previous chapter. That's right. That's right. Because he comes out and said in verse uh, 27, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That's right. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So he basically gave them something to like chew on and think about mm -hmm. them and basically look at, okay, how I was thinking about the law previously was wrong. Mm -hmm. But what he just said cleared it up. And I think a lot of people probably get in trouble with this. Like, we read something in scripture mm -hmm. and we don't agree with it. And instead of us going to the Lord and saying, Lord, work on my heart so I can understand mm -hmm. what this scripture that I'm disagreeing about. Yeah. They didn't, the Pharisees, they didn't do that. It was more like, well, I don't like it. So it's not in agreement to what I know to be right. So therefore, I got to throw it out. Mm. 
and there was no change. I like what the um forgot the lady that's over the missions ministry um this past Sunday because she said in her opening statement she was like she read a verse in the Bible mm-hmm. and she was like she didn't like it mm-hmm. and she would always skip over it right but later on God God allowed a set of circumstances to occur that there was a teaching done on that mm-hmm. which basically just opened up the door for missions yeah which is and it's like in our mindset, being born in a world of sin, I feel like in order to accept what Jesus is going to do in our life and what He wants to do for other people, we have to humble ourselves to the point of to the point of we don't know. Absolutely, like remove that pride that I understand this to this full extent. Mm-hmm. And just be willing to accept, okay, I do not understand this to this full extent. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to accept God changing my mindset to understand what this means. Because they were just holding on to tradition with our relationship with the Sabbath. Exactly. I mean, it got to the point, it was just a burden to them. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus tell them is freedom in the Sabbath. It wasn't made to be a burden to you. Mm-hmm. But on their end, it's a burden. And so we're like, well, yeah, we got to accuse him on something because this man getting his hand healed, that's going to change. That's going to change everything. Like, yeah, it will. It would change the fact that, you know, you don't have to be stuck. <laughs> right, right, right. That's so good. Because, you know, we were talking about what I was reading um, in Galatians 5, and it, it just makes total sense now. All of the things that Paul um, outlined as elements um Evidence of the flesh, um, look at it, idolatry, hatred, mm. intentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, mm. envy, murders, rivalries, and the like. Like all of those things mm. are a result of the flesh. And he says in Galatians 5.18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So this was a... And we talked about this before. I know we spend a lot of time on these Pharisees and, and stuff, but I think it's, it's real important to understand where they're coming from and why mm-hmm. um, Jesus did what he did. Um, you're right. There was no relationship, but there was also no submission. There was no yeah, submission yeah. to the spirit, right? Like, so even, even if you don't have a relationship, if there's a, a, understanding that there is a greater being than you out there and it, and it it kind of speaks to what you were talking about the humility there's there's obviously none there right there's no humility there mm-hmm. but there's no room for the holy spirit to work there's yeah. n- none I, at all on them um i think it's further in the chapter he goes off on them yeah yeah yeah, he, he goes off on a little bit further because it's like, but I feel I I feel like he's a hundred percent correct on it. It's so important to actually dig into where the Pharisees' minds were at, especially then on this time frame where we at in our society. I feel like this is the age of mass deception that's going on now. Yeah, because the, the evil spirit is is definitely out there, and the main way he's going to do it, the main way he operates is through deception. Yeah, and by and by us digging into this, it's showing, shedding more light to 
how God wants our minds to be mm-hmm. when looking at things. Yeah. And I think that is their main, I feel like they were the type of brothers that would say, I love the Bible. Kind of like how we talked about the gentleman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's his name again. <laughs> David <laughs> the last, last I, I will not forget that name. David Horowitz. Yeah. Horowitz. How it's like, uh, they'll say, I like the Bible. But when it's time to talk about the things that kind of, I guess, would in, 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 a, in a scientific way insult someone's intelligence, mm-hmm. meaning like flood, um, the creation in Genesis, mm-hmm. instead of it takes a humble spirit to accept that as being truth. But when doing it, you can, it bring, it's freedom. Yeah. It's freedom. It's like, okay, I have no problem understanding that Jesus walked into the synagogue. And he did not strain to heal this withered man's hand. Done deal. Real easy. There's freedom in that. And it's like, if he's telling me to do something, it's with freedom in mind. It's not for bondage. But I feel like you're right. The, the enemy loves to use, he finds power in the law to hold us captive to it. Yeah. It's with Jesus, it's all about freeing you up from the law. Mm-hmm. But you're going to want to obey the law because of your love. That's right. But you're going to be free to it. You're not going to look at it. It changed your whole mind. So it's like you're not right. looking at it from the perspective like, oh, man, I can't do this no more. It's more like okay. my heart has changed. I don't want to do whatever that was anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that I feel like the Pharisees definitely missed. And what I, I saw a part that got highlighted to me that I did, I never paid attention to was it's two parts when Jesus asks them the question in verse four and then leading up to how he felt in verse five. That's right. And he said, he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath mm-hmm. to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent after looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. He said to them, he said to the man, stretch out your hand and he stretched it out. And his hand was restored. I was like, here it is. For on for the on the Pharisees level, that's like a call to, to repent. Exactly. When Jesus comes out and asks them that rhetorical question, yeah. is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? It's like, take the time to think about this. And it's kind of like the same question he asked them before in the other chapter. Right. When he when he came out and he asked them which one is harder, to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. And it's like to really take the time to think, like, really, what was the true meaning of the Sabbath for them? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to he's challenging their frame of thought to go back to what it really means, the real root of it, That's right. scripture. But instead, they being hot, mm-hmm. hot-headed, full of pride, they couldn't do it. But it, it's like what, I, what stood out to me was Jesus was upset at them. And grieved at their hardness of heart. And I was like, interesting. I, I felt like that was interesting because I guess in a sense, up until this point, Jesus was exercising strong patience with these jokers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's like mm-hmm. no, I was just gonna say I feel like he he opened up, he like you said, he, he was trying to change their thinking, but he opened up what he was doing from a different perspective. 
to me, mm-hmm. when I said, um, is it that question, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? It reminds me of Deuteronomy 8. I set before you life and death, blessings and curse. Mm. Right? And to me, yeah. that, that's fundamental to the to the law, right? The, the 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 law was set in place because you wanted the blessings and curses. If you followed the law and and did all the other traditions, eat was supposed to get circumcised, all those sort of things, you're supposed to be in right standing with God. And what mm-hmm. Jesus did was like, all right. That's the way you look at the world. That's the way you see things. Answer me this question. Is it right to do good or evil on the Sabbath or kill or save a life? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it shocked me because, I mean, I, I mean, it's not really that shocking that they kept silent, but it's just interesting that at the end of this interaction, they wanted to kill him. Yes, that yeah, that's that's it, crazy. It, it it wasn't like how like say me or you or 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 you know someone with that has some logic in their brain would be like, man, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's and it and it Jesus. What I wrote down about that was. Jesus kept on with his disruptive activities. He was trying. So with this man, he just said, step forward. And he knew the faith was there because they didn't have, they weren't so intensely holding on to the law. No, nobody was. Mm-hmm. It was sort of easier to talk to them. But to these Pharisees who, as Jesus said, they were, they were hard headed. They were hard in their yeah. hearts. He had to talk to them a different way. And um, but just like like you, I, I highlighted five too because we see Jesus being angry because the same willingness that he offered that he wanted to see when he told the man to step forward when he pressed this he pressed this question to the, the Pharisees: Is it good to do evil or uh, is it is it on the Sabbath? Is it lawful to to do good or, or do evil or save life or kill? He was just looking for the same willingness, mm-hmm. the same willingness. All they had to do was, and just, it's funny because that's what he did with the rich young ruler. It's, I mean, he, he, Jesus patterns, once you start to understand them, they're very clear. He's, he's calling mm-hmm. you to repent or calling you to step out of what you think, you know. Yeah. And I, I go back um, this this uh, verse here reminded me of the situation when Moses was on the, the mountain in the burning bush and God was talking to him and Moses kept giving him all these excuses of why he couldn't do it. And God just wanted him to be willing. He was going to take care of everything. Yeah. But he, he just wanted him to be willing. And when he wasn't being willing... God was like, I'm going to kill you, man. (laughs) I'm going to be done with you because you like it aroused his anger. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing I saw here that, that when we're not willing with the creator of everything that is in heaven, everything that is in earth and everything that is in the sea, when we're not willing with him, that's a slap in the face. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's a true way to put it. It really is a slap in his face. Because when you look at the extent in which he'll go. Exactly. I mean, that's it's really it's just godly disrespect. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it is. And these Pharisees, I mean, that's why he goes in on them. Because they were supposed to be men of the cloth. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Walking with Jesus podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Men of God, but they were highly disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Like, at the like how, you put it, how you put it this morning, how sin blinds, no, I'm sorry, pride blinds yeah. and from seeing his true reality. Exactly. And I feel like that's was that they were so full of pride that they could not go back and look at the the true answer to the rhetorical questions that Jesus was asking them. Yeah. And he basically basically saying to them, You really don't understand scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Thank you. Right. Scripture is wrong. It's been diluted, been twisted, and Jesus is saying, "Go back to the root, yeah. then you'll understand what Sabbath is really for. It's for man. Mm-hmm. It's for you to get your back." Yeah, they want to kill him off of that. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's no different than today. Unfortunately, it's like. We're in a time frame where I never thought this would it would be how it currently is now the atmosphere whereas with certain people if they say certain things. Yeah. I would almost get stoned. <laughs> yeah. It's like and that's where the mindset was with the Pharisees. That same characteristic, that same spirit that they had. I'm like they we're in a dire situation just like this man. Mm-hmm. His hand was with it. You need your hand for everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The same is true when it comes to understanding of scripture. Failure to have proper understanding of scripture is deadly. Mm. Enemy can twist a person's mind. That's why I feel like you have so many cults that have been successful over the years and over the decades. Yeah. It's because people didn't have the right understanding of scripture. Mm. And it's just how this man needs his hand for everything. We need scripture for everything. We have to look at this world from a biblical perspective. Yeah. By not doing so, it costs you your life. Mm. It's powerful. It's very powerful. Um, okay, so... He leaves this interaction with the Pharisees uh, plotting against him with the Herodians. I guess that's the uh, the higher level Herod Herod folks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then, okay, so we move down into to verse 7 where it says, uh, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and the great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea and Jerusalem, Jerusalem and Edomia and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon. A great multitude, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. And so it's interesting. And this, um, I, I understood, um, particularly with the story of the, the lady with the issue of blood, um, that he was always surrounded by a lot of people. Um, yeah. But this gave me a, a greater appreciation for it, right? Um, mm-hmm. When we get down to verse 9, he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. And so... Huh. It made me think, right? This multitude is not a multitude of believers, and um, it's not all believers who, and this is the beginning of his ministry, basically. These are people who are broken, who are sick, who are, um, and and some of them could have the faith. So, like, what it made me think about is that the brothers who let down the man through the roof, mm-hmm. right? But what if you got the same sort of ingenuity and like no quit attitude, but it, and some dudes who's like, man, I need, you know, like, I don't care what it takes. If we got to kill some people to get to them, we get into them. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's not a, not coming from a position of love and, and um, sacrifice. It's like almost Bogarden or, um, uh, 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 power, power struck, like, like almost like the the rich young ruler, but with a thug complex or bully complex. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because because when it says lest they should crush him, like, what would somebody who has, like you said, a man who has a withered hand, or let's just say a man who was working in construction at that time and just so happened to break break his leg. And he, 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 so he can't work. He finds mm-hmm. out Jesus is in town. Oh, I'm, I'm going back to work by Monday because Jesus is going to heal this. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just trying to think of how this could go very, very wrong because you got a lot of different people in this situation. You know what yeah, I mean? I feel you. Which I think you see it in our, in our time when people get stamped, yeah, trampled on. Right. And it's like, it's that selfish nature that we have. And it's like, everybody yes. wants their healing Jesus at this point. Yes. Really not really thinking about him. <laughs> no. They're like, it, well, it. Right. And so you brought up the, the point about um, relationship. That's exactly what I'm, that's where I'm at with this, right? When he talks about, make sure we have a boat ready because of the multitude lest they should crush him i'm like man he he knows that there's going to be some people out there that don't really care about him they just care about what mm-hmm. he, he can do for them and yeah. that, and that's that's hey that's no different from what we see today right yeah that's that's today's quote unquote church Oof. 
people go to church or listen to a sermon to see what God is going to do for them. Mm, it's not them about, hard, Evan. You hit them hard, man. You hit them hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's unfortunate because when it's like that, we miss we miss the 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 one and only, yeah. the the real star of the show. Mm. We're happy to see these other class acts, mm. but Jesus is the main star of the show. He's the, he's the headline. And it's like I only hear I only want to hear what God is going to do do for me in my life. That's mm. not important. What about the whole reason why He came is to change our hearts. Mm. He get us right. Our hearts was in an evil spot. It opposed everything right. It opposed everything that stood for God. God has to change that in us. But by having a mindset of, unfortunately, how the people were, I just want my miracle. Mm. And I'm like, man, these people are not even thinking about the fact that they could crush him. They're not even thinking about it. They're like, if you crush him, there's your miracle. <laughs> I mean, you might <laughs> they're not even thinking like that but that's the mindset of a sinner and I man, so this is hitting so I was just sitting the thought just popped in my head I'm like maybe that's why God allows us one of the reasons why he allows us to have kids because you can see the sin nature in your child yeah. and how a child usually it's all about me 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 yes and we tend to forget as an as an as a, an adult, sometimes that 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 nature don't it really don't go nowhere. It doesn't. It takes God to have the Holy Spirit implanted in us and us maturing in Him mm-hmm. in the Word for that selfish nature to start to erode, mm-hmm. and we get the fruits of the Spirit. What I found interesting was the how the Pharisees were conspiring along with the people that basically were stuck on Rome were here. Mm-hmm. A group of people that followed were for, was from places that really didn't seem that spiritual except for Jerusalem. Right, right. right. Galilee, that's like being that's from the ghetto, the slums, right. with, a, or with a rough accent. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like I think, uh, what is it, uh, Edomia? Mm-hmm. I think that is from what Edom. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And the Edomites, well, it was rough. Yeah. And then you got um, beyond the Jordan, the vicinity of Tyree. And it's like, I think, what, the king of Tyree back in the Old Testament, yeah. a, a pagan. Pagan, exactly, yeah. Biden. So it was like, how, why, what makes these people? Want to follow Jesus, not to ridicule him, but to check him out. That's right. Whereas the Pharisees, knowing all the scripture that they know, they missing him too. Mm. It's like I feel like both groups are still missing Jesus, so to speak. Right. 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 So is this group also missing him? But they're but they're not trying to necessarily kill him purposely. (laughs) But they're all in his grill. Right. Right. I'm like, when I when I sit back and think about this, I'm like, this really is no different than today. Mm-hmm. It is really no different than today. There's only, I feel like it's only out of that crowd that was there, it's probably like only a small group. 
that was there really to really hear his teaching rather than see the miracle. They wanted to hear what he was actually preaching. They wanted to actually get it under. I feel like it was probably just a small group. Mm -hmm. I I feel like maybe the others that were there, they were like, well, I want to see this miracle. You hear about this miracle? You hear the man that didn't have a hand. I mean, his hand was messed up. And he also made somebody walk. And he's been delivering people from demons. Mm -hmm. I want to see that. Fell in the realize Jesus isn't a TV show. Right. He's the king. But I like how when this is going on, Mark is still using he, him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Still using those pronouns. And it's like, for me, when I was reading this, I'm picturing a man that's doing what no man can do. Exactly. Like, I'm picturing Jesus being relatable. But at the same time, still being God. Mm. Like, with the crowd. Like, he's noticing this could go any shape, form, or fashion. They could crush me. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's a, like a weakness. They can't crush you. You're Jesus. Right. The only thing you got to do is speak. But it shows that Jesus was like, no, I'm going to do this as a man. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to do anything extra, extraordinary like that. What I'm going to do, I'm still going to stick to the mission of killing, casting out demons, but I ain't doing all the other extra stuff. I'm right. still going to act like I'm still in a man's position. And I felt like that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it wasn't his time to do that. We talked about that before. His time to do that, to be the, to, to like be the true glory in his true glorious form is the second time. This time yes. right now is this he's he has to be this because he has to change minds and he has to change hearts. He can't be blowing people up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He can't be <laughs> he can't be doing that this time. But you, you bring up a good point because I'm I'm thinking of the lady with the issue of blood. She had a faith that was like it it really mesmerized Jesus and it gave him such a joy, right? But mm-hmm. he's he is literally this is a different feeling or a different vibe that Jesus has about this multitude. Right? He he's like wanting to be ready to get up out of there. Mm-hmm. Be- because it's almost as though he senses there's no faith in these people. Just yeah. like he sensed the faith. That the woman with the lady, the, the the woman with the issue of blood, had that drew out of him when she touched him. Mm-hmm. He, he like, well, and and I think, I mean, to me, it makes sense because that's Jesus always looked at the heart. He always knew what the heart was doing. Yeah. And for him to say that he's not comfortable with you know, with this multitude, he wants to be like, have a way to get out at the ready. He must have sensed that these weren't, like you said, these were people coming from all different places and they were seriously about themselves. They could care less. As long as you heal my, 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 whatever affliction I have, we are all right. But 
if I can't get to you, if you're going to be asking me a bunch of questions, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like these are, like you said, like Galilee was like the hood. They weren't playing. So, yeah, man, this is, this is interesting. Um, hey, put me in the perspective of today's um, spiritual, the spiritual sense, like the thermostat of our culture in our time now. That's what it put me in. Because it got me thinking, especially when he gets to verse 11. Mm-hmm. He said, when, whenever the unclean spirits, what about, yeah, whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they will fall down before him and shout, you are the son of God. And that, that jumped out to me because I'm like, if we just take away unclean spirit out of that and we just replace it with people, that was the normal. Yeah. Whenever the people saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, you are the son of God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, they really are worshiping him. But then just knowing that this is actually talking about demons and how Jesus tells the demons in verse 12, basically, be quiet. Yeah. You know, get gone, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I'm like, man, how often in church do we see people doing exactly what the demons are doing. And it seems legit. It mm. seems like real straight up worship. Mm. I mean, we fall down and just start shouting, you are the son of God. You are the living lamb, you know. Mm. But that's not the worship that God wants. Because he knows, like what you said, where the heart is at. He knows it's not sincere. It reminds me of, um, I think it's Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 1, Isaiah 3. When they're um, when Jesus, I mean, God tells them to put their hands down because they were trying to worship him. He said, "Put your hands down; it's full with blood." Mm, yeah, yeah. He's saying to him in in that passage, it's like he's like it, outwardly the outward expression of worshiping me is nothing because you have not made me Lord over your life. Right. And I feel like that's what jumped out to me with this: the demons, they. Do not they believe that Jesus is the Messiah? They believe that he's the Son of God. They come out and they state it. But Jesus is not their Lord. He's not the ruler. They won't allow him to rule. And I'm like, that I kind of felt, even though I could be wrong, but I kind of felt like that's that was a thermostat for this multitude, kind of. Yeah. I know, I think that, you're right. I kind of felt like that. That's that's because I feel like that's definitely the thermostat the most before in our time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like if that wasn't the case, our culture wouldn't look the way that it does. If people actually made Lord Jesus Lord over their life, the rule over their life, it's like I remember coming up. If my parent told me to do something, my mom said to do something, my grandmother told me to do something, there was no such thing as saying asking the dreaded question. Why? Right. <laughs> Just right. knew better. Just knew right. better. And the response, and I say this ain't too long horn, but I was a good child. But I used to hear others say why. Yeah. And I remember hearing the response because I said right. And I feel like that's kind of like the mindset we should have with God. 
But all you're describing is a healthy respect. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That that's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the fear of the Lord. And and I think you, and the reason why I say I think you're right is because the it's it's just something to do. Like Christianity right now is so watered down to the point of just being a good person. Mm. Right? It, it's just being a good person. And, and, and okay, I'm a good person. I went to church Sunday. I work in this ministry. Um, I don't steal. I don't drink. I don't curse and all this stuff. And I'm like, but that's not really it. That's getting over more to the law where you can be manipulated. Yes. Versus having that straight up relationship where you're bearing your soul to, to Jesus and saying, this is who I am. Fix me. Help me. I need you in my life. You are the Lord of my life. I can't do anything without you. Mm -hmm. That's a difference. And, yeah. and, you know, I also feel like this multitude, um, because uh, think of social media mm -hmm. and the, the spectac spectacle we had over the weekend with Mike Tyson and the other little stupid boy, Nate Robinson. <laughs> um, I, I think that I, I mean that thing probably got well first of all it was on pay-per-views we know that Roy Jones walked away with a million dollars right we I mm -hmm. don't know how much Tyson probably walked away with probably I don't know because he is the, basically the headliner I'm sure he probably walked away between I say five and ten million right yeah but that was if they had did that live, the stadium where the Staples Center would have been packed. Oh, yeah. That thing would have been sold out. <laughs> because I feel like, and, and I'm, I'm going to take this back to Jesus now, like Jesus was the hot thing. Right? And, mm -hmm. and regardless, of, regardless of what Jesus came to do, right? Like Jesus had an assignment. Jesus had a mission. That was... People were oblivious to that. Oh, I want to, like, even if he don't heal me, I'm going to see him heal somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get the, the entertainment value mm. was in that multitude. Mm. And I, how, can he, how can he be the Lord of your life if all you see him as is an entertainer? Mm. Like we looking at these prosperity pre preachers, all you looking at Jesus as Jesus represents an ATM machine to you or some type of genie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You preaching. You preaching. <laughs> I mean, it can't be the word says it. You can't have two masters. Mm-hmm. Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply share the show with a friend, that will give them a new way to experience Jesus and help us out too. Now back to the show.
it's, it's, it's one or the other. But when we look at this multitude situation, all of that is in there. And I feel like, like you said, I, I just I just feel like there wasn't the, the, the temperature of that multitude from these, these different state, cities wasn't it wasn't ideal for Jesus, but Jesus stuck to his mission. Yeah. And we noticed that um, after he um, goes through these things and he tells them about getting the boat, that's when he picks his 12. It's, it's, it's this, I, I'm wondering if it's the sense of, I need to build my circle now. Yeah. Because this thing is getting too out of hand and we need to have some, I need to, so I think you bring up a good point about him being, doing everything as a man. Mm -hmm. And so there, I don't want to say there's any fear there, but there's precautions, there's prudence, right? And so um, having the boat there ready is one and then getting his inner circle is two. Um, But I think it's also he he goes to pick his disciples um, after this moment because he has to stay focused on his mission. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse 14, he says, well, 13 and 14, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. 14. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and they might send out that and that he might send them out to preach and to have the power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. And to me, that's just so powerful because he's building his administration. It's like, if you think of it as a campaign, right? right. I mean, it's a ministry. He, he, he started with just him and a couple of folks and he's building up the, the word of mouth and people coming and wanting to touch him and be around him. But now it's discipleship. Yeah. And, and, and they knew him better than anyone. They wanted to be like him. And uh, it's just so interesting that he went up to the mountain. And we know when he goes up to the mountain, I mean, it doesn't say it here, but I have to assume that he was talking to God before he picked them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got. It just shows how important it is to have an inner circle and have that a long time. Absolutely, yeah. Because he didn't go to the next spot until this until this was clarified. It was like, let's go to the top of this mountain. These are the twelve. This is what I want. This is I'm. And then what I thought was so interesting, and what I still think is still interesting with God, is what he does for them is the same thing he did for us. And that is he gave them authority. Yes. And I'm like, you know, and how can I put it? So in many other religions, it's not the norm for the person to have any sense of real authority. But in Christianity, it is. God has given us the opportunity to rule with him. Mm. Whereas when I think about the other 
like other religions, that's not the case. I mean, you got some of these, uh, what you call them? The Mormons, uh, Jehovah Witnesses. Their whole thing is like they think you can actually get above God when you die, basically. But outside of those cults like that, you really don't. It's more of God pretty much. He's ruling. He's separate from you. There is nothing else. But with mm-hmm. with Christianity, and I see it here, he's like, I'm giving you authority. And just how it was with Adam, this is your domain to rule. I'm giving mm-hmm. I'm making this your responsibility. You're going to be responsible. Because I used to have a teacher in high school, and she used to always say this. And, and it's a true saying, and that is, with freedom come responsibility. And it's yeah. so true. With the authority that Christ gave them comes with a great deal of responsibility. And I feel like mm-hmm. that part is actually, and I hate to piggy, like to jab the, the universal church, but I feel like that's often lost in the teaching of the gospel. Because mm-hmm. you hear a lot with prosperity teaching about you have authority to cast out demons, you have authority to name it and claim it. All that, mm-hmm. but okay, it comes with a responsibility. Yeah, everything that God gives us, He expects for us to be responsible. And like what we talked about earlier with um, Ephesians four this morning, it is that is basically you're walking out your purpose intentionally. That it, it has to be done that way because of the level of responsibility that He's gifted us with. With the authority he's given with. Like for him to say we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. The only way you can actually be able to do that is if you have some form of authority by being in Christ. That's right. And I love how here he tells them, like, was it 14 and he appointed the 12 so they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach responsibility mm-hmm. and to have and to have authority to cast out demons and it makes sense like okay if you're trying to preach there's going to be some opposition there there's going to be something to try and stand in the way and stop this message from going forward mm-hmm. so your responsibility is to preach i'm gonna give you authority to exercise that and i feel like a lot of times that's that is definitely lost in the universal church. It's more, let's focus yeah. on the authority. Let's focus on that, but let's forget about the mission. Let's forget about getting our hearts right to God so that therefore we won't forget who the mission field is. It's the yeah. jokers over there hanging out in the corner selling drugs. That's the mission. It's that joke that has a different political perspective than you. That's the mission. Yeah. That's yeah. Who we got to go after. That's why God given us the authority that we do have or the gifts that we do have. Mm-hmm. And he expects us to exercise it with understanding of great responsibility. Yeah. When I think yeah. of what these men did, just 12 brothers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they shook the world up. <laughs> changed the, they changed the whole world. <laughs> they changed the whole world, and they still changing it. Still changing it. Still changing it. And that that man, that just makes me. I kind of like I get excited because I'm like, that's what I want in my life. Yeah, that's what I desire yeah. to have in my life. Like 
it ain't about necessarily remembering me. No. It's about the fruit that I've done for the kingdom. It lasts. Mm -hmm. transcends, transcends generations. It doesn't yeah. just stop with me. It doesn't just stop with like what we're doing right now. Don't stop with us. It keeps going. Right. It keeps going. Right. Like let the if the rapture occurs like right now, and then the time frame is now the tribulation. They stumble across the notes from this podcast and like, man, this mm -hmm. draws the person closer to God. Yes. Cause I mean that's literally what they did. They were just walking, they were just regular dudes just carrying out just carrying out the commands of God by with the relationship. They was like, I want to get mm -hmm. to know more. Right. Right. And then from that, I mean it just shook up the whole world. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> I thought about when it comes out with his name and all over, like in verse 17, and it calls out the sons of thunder. <laughs> sons of thunder. Yes, I thought about you on that. Right, Sons of Thunder, James and John, love it. That's that's such a good point. The the the. So I'm like I'm like a like I don't really know about other religions. I mean, I hear about them, but I don't really. I've never really put any thought into any other religion, or you know, it's interesting, but I just just never have like dug in like that. Mm -hmm. But this concept of dominion that is all throughout the Bible and authority that he gives us. It reminds me, um, I was working with um, a gentleman this, this week and he was telling me about um, this concept of shared leadership. He, in his business, he has um, groups or teams yeah. and his delegation process, basically he says, you have the same leadership capabilities as I do. He's the CEO of the company, but within his teams, he says everybody within this team that's working on this project has the same leadership, same authority and power as I do. And he said it's been phenomenal for his business mm. because he doesn't like he trusts them to make the right decisions because they have they're vested into the company. And if there's something that they feel a little comfortable, uncomfortable about, or not a hundred percent sure, they come to him. But other than that, they're basically on their own. He's given giving them some very, you know, uh, meager guidelines on what they should be doing. But they they know what they know what the end game is. They know what they're trying to accomplish, and he's given them full authority to do it and power to do it. And it just, when you said that, it just reminded me, that's like our relationship with the father. Yeah. He, he's given us guidelines in his word. And he says, I give you, I've, I've read this this morning in Psalms uh, 8, 6. I give you dominion over all the works of my hands. I crown you with honor and glory and put all things under your feet. Mm. And if that's not shared leadership, I don't know what is. Yeah, that's definitely shared leadership right there. So everything that he has done, he wants us to do. And that, I mean, that is that is so astute of you to see that there's no other 
no other religion religion is, has done that or put that in place. But that's what makes God and Jesus and the, the Holy Spirit who they are. It's all about intimacy. It's all about connection. It's all about um, living, uh, coexisting in a way that still puts him as the king, the creator, uh, everything that God is, but we're right there with them. Mm -hmm. we're, we're right there with them as his delegates, as his children. And it's just, it's amazing. And yeah. I'll, just, I'll just bring that one point about the multitude back. Like, you don't get that. You don't get this sonship. You don't get this relationship with him if all you want is like and that's the beautiful thing about jesus he'll probably heal him right he'll heal him because he, he is love and he, he that's what he came to do but he could do so much more for you if you have a relationship with him yeah and that's the thing by being so stuck on the miracle you miss the main thing what jesus yes. wants to do for you and that's the yes. bring you into having that sonship. And there's mm. nothing like that. Nothing yeah. like that. Because when I get to thinking, I'm like, real, like when I think about some of the other, like Islam doesn't have that concept. Mm -mm. The concept is, I know it doesn't. It's yeah. totally different. It's like totally different. It's a, such a big gap between man and what they perceive as God. Yeah, they're all like Buddha. And all the other ones, it's it's the same thing. It's and then you have these other pagan religions that um what they call Wicca and all of them, their whole mindset is them ruling, period. They put themselves as being God, which is just not right. <laughs> Nobody has all the answers. <laughs> so it's like with, with Christianity, it's the only one where God is saying, I'm appointing you for this position for you to co rule with me. Yes. It's like one, I don't deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> right. You want me, it's not like he's giving up, and that's the thing, it's not like he's saying rule over something that's filthy. Hmm. He gave Adam, when I think about Adam in the garden, when he did that, yeah. I mean, the garden was off the train. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and he's saying rule over that, just tend to it. That's it, just rule over it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's that's what he that's what he wants for us. And just seeing how he did it with these brothers, it's like what what would make them even qualified? No qualifications besides mm -hmm. the fact that they stuck on him. Exactly. They were willing. Maybe that's a qualification. Yeah, they were willing. They were willing. Whereas when we get to the next segment with the um with the scribes, we see where their hearts are at. Man, reckless. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> so I was a little unsure, and I had to read this over a couple of times. Um, this this section of Mark three, because I have it highlighted. Um, Mark three twenty, where it says, "Then the multitude came together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread." So I'm assuming they came down from the mountain. Right. And as soon as they come down from the mount, they get surged again. Right. Like they get bum rushed again. Yeah. And 
So they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said he is out of his mind. That stood out to me, too, when I read that. <laughs> that, that stood out to me. <laughs> yeah. What, what it? Well, I was trying to understand. So just taking it as it is, the multitude came to him, right? And they couldn't eat. So they were just kind of, I guess, forced out into the open again. And this part here, but but when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him. So I'm thinking these are um, his brother men, like mm-hmm. other Hebrews, other Jewish folks, you know what I mean? That, that because um, the next 22 talks about the scribes came down from Jerusalem and he was Beelzebub. So I'm assuming it's again, the Pharisees and the scribes again coming at him because the last time we heard of him was in verse six where they was plotting. Yeah. So now, so he went from plotting to he, he, he went on, he, um, he started traveling after that, right? He started traveling. Then he goes to the Mount. And then when he comes down from the Mount, the multitude bum rushes him again. So they basically was plotting him for this whole time. Um, and then they 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 try to discredit him, and that's what we saw in Matthew a lot. The Pharisees try to discredit him by saying he's out of his mind, and then this one he has Beelzebub by the ruler of the demons. He casts out demons. Um, that that was kind of my take on it, um, and then obviously mm-hmm. Jesus rebuts that and shuts him up again, but. Um, so what what was yours? What what did you when I you when I read it, I was thinking that part when he says um when his own people heard of this, mm-hmm. I was thinking of his family. Mm. That's like because he said they went out to take custody of him. And I'm like, his own people, his own relatives would do that. And I'm like, well, oh it's like I often sometimes I forget how like because you hear so much about the Pharisees and then the multitudes of different people, it's not too often that you hear about the mindset of his brothers mm, yeah. and how they were thinking. And so I, some of the, um, I, I, I had to look in the study Bible and like, well, what, what, what's, what was going on? Mm-hmm. So when I read the study Bible, it said, read this piece here. All right. And, um, his own people, this expression was used in various ways to describe someone's friends or, clo- or close associates. In the strictest sense, it meant family, which is probably the best understanding here. Mark used the same term, term elsewhere to mean the rest of a person, to take custody of them. Jesus' relatives evidently heard the report of what occurred in verse 20 and came to Capernaum to restrain him from his many activities and bring him under their care and control all supposedly for his own good. Mm, like an intervention. Yeah. When I'm like, so they didn't believe. Right. Or, or maybe they believe they just had a learning curve, just didn't understand. Because I'm I'm still picturing, it seemed like Mary was mature. Because like later on, 
like understanding that he's going to go to the cross. Like right. the disciples like that, like that went over their head. But right. for me, right. she was like, I get it. I understand. I understand why you're here. But it's like, yeah, there was another thing it said here. It said Jesus' family could only explain his unconventional lifestyle with his willingness for others always to impose on him by saying he was irrational or had lost his mind. Right. And so, I'm thinking, like, the only way that could be is if they just, I, I was thinking, like, maybe they just didn't, at uh, first I was thinking, my first thought was maybe they just didn't believe. But then I was thinking, well, maybe they just were just confused about. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both, man, because so I'm looking in the commentary and they said the reason why they thought he was out of his mind is because, OK, he left his business to become a preacher, a preacher of a different style of preaching. Right. It was something different. So, OK, that's one. Um They knew that the religious leaders wanted to kill him. His family knew that, that they plotted to kill him, but Jesus didn't stop. He kept going, right? Mm -hmm. the, the other point they say is um, they thought that the crowds, the multitudes, all the people, it was going to his head. So like they're, mm -hmm. they, they're looking at it from a human perspective. From a yes, I, I was gonna say from a flesh, flesh perspective, but human perspective is probably a better word. And I think that's why they thought he was out of his mind. Like he just crazy. He crazy because they putting themselves in his shoes. Mm. Like, right? Like he was he. They had a prosperous uh, carpentry business. He just up and left. That makes sense. That I mean, that now makes more sense to me now. Yeah, because right? On it. Yeah, like I like I didn't think of it that way. I thought when I thought it was figurative when it says his family, um, when it says his own people. I mean, I thought it was just like figurative, but mm -hmm. the, the the commentary says no, it was literally his family because you remember they went to Galilee, right? They passed through Galilee, yeah. and so he probably had cousins and uncles and you know folks there. It's like what's what's up with Jesus, man, he tripping. He kind of, what's going on with him? Because he probably, I mean, this stuff is probably giving the family, you know how it is in those times. Back then, they looked at the whole family. Yeah. One person did something, the whole family got looked yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. So they're probably looking at the family kind of like, that's, that's your nephew, ain't it? That old crazy fool. You know what I'm <laughs> so. They're like, nah, this can't keep, man, this can't, they can't keep putting us down like this. We are a respectable family in this community. And so that's, that's okay. So it makes sense if you look at it from a fleshly or human, as you pointed out, a human point of view. you're hearing we'd love to hear how walking with jesus is helping you keep listening to hear how you can leave us a message that we may use on the show also don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode now back to the show and 
what Jesus was doing. We so we so messed up, like not messed up, but we're so used to looking at Jesus from a spiritual standpoint and what he's doing spiritually that we only we ain't even thinking about the people that's close to him. And you know, we're yeah. even looking at the the Pharisees from a spiritual standpoint. We, we yeah. think the only people that's that's a, a, opposing Jesus is the Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees. But it's like he was a man. He had relationships before his ministry. Mm-hmm. And and they like, man, we we're not gonna put up with this no more. <laughs> that probably would have been one rough thing to have Jesus as your brother when you're coming up. What? <laughs> what? I mean, just Sunderland right. robberies are just, I mean, they are what they are, but to have Jesus, he was he's perfect. He was perfect. Perfect. Like you can't amount to that. <laughs> But that makes sense. It is so true. That, and I like how you brought that up because it's like it's true from our perspective. We always looking at Jesus from a spiritual spiritual perspective. We're not really looking at him from how they probably would have saw him as the man. Like there wasn't like viewing him like that. It was more like, okay, you're doing this miracle. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But it, Causing ruckus and causing problems, right? Like, or or they just hated them. They like, man, you got all these people following you. You think you better than? Because you remember how they did him. You know, when he went back to Galilee, he, he couldn't do no miracles there because they looked at him like, oh man, you ain't you Joseph's son? Yeah. Like, yeah, you nobody, man. You tripping? Right. Why you I thought it was interesting how they brought up an, an accusation. I think this was Thomas. When my mind jumped was, it's the Pharisees trying to accuse him mm-hmm. of casting out the demons mm-hmm. in the name of Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. But I like how Jesus fired back at him. Yes, I, he he just basically lets him know, like, let me just—he's like, let me just school y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, if a kingdom, verse twenty-four, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself. That house will not be able to stand. If Satan has risen up against himself, it is divided. He cannot stand, but he is finished. But no one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. And he just breaks it down even some more. It's like they see the miracles. And I think at this point, it shows why going back to what it was before when he was mad at them in the synagogue. At this point, they're literally rejecting the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Because I, I remember I used, to be, I used to be stumbled on this, on verse 28 and 29. I was like, so what is the unpardonable sin? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. when he comes out and he says to him, truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never, never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an, of an eternal sin because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's like they have, if they weighed out what Jesus was doing against scripture, it would show one, he's not a false prophet because everything he did, he referred back to God the Father. He never referred back yeah. to himself. Always for God's glory. Yeah. Always for God's glory. So it's like when it gets down to the litmus test on what is supposed to, what we're supposed to use 
in Deuteronomy um, as a form of the show if this is a false prophet or not, Jesus passes. He's not a false prophet. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at the miracles and all the things that he's doing, he's pointing all this is pointing back to God. And for them to turn around and reject it, and Jesus literally lets them know, hey, look, I'm stronger than the devil. Yeah. That's why I can cast them out. Exactly. There is no comparison. He basically just says that to him just by breaking it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they still are stuck where they're at. And it comes, and this lets me know that a person goes to hell because they choose to. Yes. It, it, it has nothing to do with, oh, I was raised. Yeah. It has nothing to do like, I was raised wrong or nothing like that. It has something to do with God. Pretty much, he gives it to him straight, clear cut. And I feel like the Pharisees had the same mindset that many people have, like there's a battle between the devil and God. Mm-mm. And God is sitting on the throne. The devil is the one going to and fro. There's no battle. There's no battle. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there is the spiritual warfare, but we know God is on the throne, man. And, and man, that's such a powerful point, man, because we we talked about this before. We give the Satan so much credit for things. Mm-hmm. And it, no, we, we shouldn't give him any credit. Jesus is Jesus is on at the right hand of the Father, and he already told us what's going to happen. We need to own that. And your point yeah. about the people that are, are in hell are there by choice. It's real. Like you, like the intentionality that we have to have in order to live a Christian life. It goes the same way for those who reject Jesus. You have to do that. Like the, like the man, the Hornwitz man you're saying. He read everything in the Bible, understand mm-hmm. it and believe it, but don't believe in God. What type of yeah. nonsense is that? It's just mind-blowing. <laughs> mind-blowing. <laughs> but, but it, it I mean, it, it's starting to make sense a little bit to me because the word says... I mean, pride will blind you. He blinds you to God's grace. He blinds you to your own filthiness. It blinds you to anything about you. Like, you think you're pure in your own eyes. Yeah. All the meanwhile, you just digging your grave. You're getting closer and closer to hell every single day. Because every single day, you're rejecting Jesus. And uh, to your point here, Jesus said, like, enough of this. I see where your hearts are. He, at, at, in, verse, uh, in verse five, he was angry at their hardness of heart. But at this point, he, he just lays it down. He's like, okay, I see y'all not going to change y'all mind. Your hearts are where it's at. What y'all doing is an unforgivable sin. Point blank, and 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 if that doesn't change him, if that doesn't move him, he's that's it. I mean, what else? What else can Jesus do? Yeah, at that point, I mean, nothing. Nothing. At that point, I mean, there's nothing else he can do. I mean, because they they are rejecting spiritual truth, something that, and that's the thing. Like this is another thing I feel like that separates Christianity from a lot of other religions is that. Christianity tells you to test it. Yes. Yes. In scripture, Jesus, the Lord comes out and says, test me. Yes. 
test every spirit. I mean, there's a test in that that, that, that kicks in. Mm-hmm. Malachi, Malachi three yeah. comes out and say, "Test me, try me, yeah. try me, and see if I don't pour you out a blessing." Mm-hmm. I mean, in it, the other religions don't do that. I, I, and I've heard that the reason why we have our scientific method came about through it came about mainly through Christianity. Exactly, because it's telling you to test. Experiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And with God, He comes out and He literally tells you, "Oh, you." And you see it here, even in Scripture, even in the Gospels, He's proving Himself to them. And that's the thing. There's some things in Scripture that you can actually test, and it's going to be proven. He's going to do it. Yes. Whatever it is, He's going to prove Himself to be God. He's going to prove Himself that He's worthy to be Lord. And that knowing that now, it makes sense. Like that's the unpardonable sin. That's rejecting the Holy Spirit yeah. because that truth is evident. You can test it. It's, it's going to be there. It's verifiable. Mm-hmm. Once you deny that, that's it. That's it. And it's a choice. It's not a hard choice because you have people that walk around and they say, well, what about somebody that's staying um, in an isolated part of the world that doesn't have a Bible? Well, the Bible was written by men that didn't have a Bible. Exactly. <laughs> It's frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating <laughs> because you know, it, you know, it, we, we said here at the beginning of this book, of this chapter, I mean, that the Pharisees gave no room to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then when we get down here, Jesus is just confirming that. They gave no room to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can't work with that. They're not showing any faith. They're not believing. And all they're doing is grieving the Holy Spirit, rejecting it. And like we said, when you do something like that to the essence of God, his spirit, that's, would you say, holy disrespect. That's the highest disrespect you can get. That's the highest <laughs> diss. That's worse than any diss track you can put out. <laughs> it's crazy, man. And, and it's frustrating because Jesus gave them so many opportunities to just come to him. And 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 when he talked to them about things in a in a civilized manner. They wanted to kill him. Mm. He was just like make like making them think about what like like you really need to think about this path that you're heading down. Yeah. And it's like they was shaking their fists at him. You dirty rat, you know. (laughs) And he's feeling like they're justified in doing so. That's the bad part about it. Mm. Like. They feel justified in the sin that they're doing towards God. And it's like... That's heavy, man. I feel like the Pharisees, they just not having... The, it goes back to just not... One, not having a relationship. Mm-hmm. And two, just knowing scripture just to know it. Not, not having a thorough understanding of what scripture truly means. Like They understand it to the point that they can argue with it. Mm-hmm. They can argue with it, they can turn around and quote it, but they can't use it in the normal frame of life because they don't have the they don't have the lens. They're not looking at life from that lens. Right. They're looking at life from 
the human standpoint, the flesh. Mm-hmm. And if it and if it ain't if not in if it's not in the flesh, it's not gonna make sense to them. Mm-hmm. Which causes, I mean, that changes eternity. Yeah. To me, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And that's it kind of it's interesting how it goes from that point. And I know we're kind of coming up on time. Well, we done went over time. But it's interesting how he goes, he 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 breaks that point down and then he transitions back to them trying to come after him, like his family. Because mm-hmm. it says, then his mother and brothers yeah. uh, arrived and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting was sitting around him and they said to him, behold, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Mm-hmm. Answering them, he said, who are my mother and my brothers? Mm-hmm. Looking about at those who were sitting around him, he said, behold, my, mo- my mother and my brothers, or whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Mm-hmm. And I was taken back. Mm-hmm. Like I've read this before, but I felt like that's so awesome. Yes. By doing the will of God, yes. which requires a willing heart, yes. you're drafted in the family. Mm. It's kind of like, like literally being an orphan, and you're not sure whether or not if you are going to be accepted into this family or not. Mm. And the only thing you got to do is just be yourself. When you're being yourself, and they say, sit down at the table, have something to eat. You sit down on the table, you have something to eat. Now you're a part of the family. Mm. That's it. Yes. That's literally what Jesus is saying. Like, that's all you got to do. By doing that, little by little, you getting changed. Little by little, I'm changing your heart. Little by little, by you hanging out with me, you're going to want to obey me more and more and more and more. Oh, my God. So so this just hit me. Mm-hmm. Because the Pharisees are still there. Mm. He he invites him again. He just told him that man, y'all y'all heading down this this path of the impardonable sin. But there's still he says, whoever mm. whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Mm-mm-mm. They still there, man. They ain't go nowhere. And they're mm. hearing this. You're right about that. It is another call. It is another call for them to get right with him. Mm. Mm. And they still didn't get right. It just goes to show how much of a choice it is on their end, but it also goes to show how much of a choice it is on God's end. And that he he literally chose to redeem. Yes. Not at a point when it was not at a point when it was favorable. Because at this point, when he's extending the offer to them, even though they just got done accusing him of something, being blasphemous towards him, he still looks because you write about it, it does say whoever. For whoever does the will. All they, all they had to do was at that point they said, okay, let me just cut cut this out and let me just start doing it. Let me first start understanding what the will is so I can do it. Let me first start understanding. Let me first repent. Get right. Let me do what he says. But but you said it, Evan. It's just being willing. For whatever the will is going to be, you're fine. But you just got to be willing first. Mm-hmm. 
And that was their problem. They wasn't willing. Yeah. The hardness of heart. They weren't mm. willing to open up their hearts and, and cast down this fleshly life and let Jesus be Lord. They weren't willing to do that. But again, even after he warns them, even after they accuse them, he, he throws out another lifeline to them. Mm. Don't want the lifeline. But it, but it, it, like you said, it, it's intentional. They're, yes. they're headed towards damnation, eternal damnation, by their own choice. It wasn't by a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It was they they being blunt about it. They calculated their steps to hell, mm-hmm. basically. Because they were calculating the point on trying to assassinate Jesus. Mm. So you're trying to get rid of your own lifeline. That's heavy, man. And it's sad because that same mentality is still very present now Mm. in our day. Mm. It's still very present now. It's like, and and it's it's even more, it's getting even more sadder because it's getting more blunt. As far as like in our culture, I seen, what was it? It was an article. Um, last night, I forgot what it was on. So over in China, they took, they rewrote scripture and changed the part in the Bible with the men coming up trying to stone the lady Mm -hmm. uh, that was committing adultery. They said that Jesus stoned the lady. And Jesus was a sinner. I was like, you got to be... But it's the same, it's no different than them saying that yeah. Be- Beelzebub, yeah. he cast our demons out in the name of Beelzebub. Crazy, you know? Yeah. yeah. They just tried to discredit him. That's all they ever tried to do. Satan's tricks are never going to change. Nah, it's all the same. All the same. Different time frame, same tricks. Mm-hmm. Mm. But once again, the Lord is still extending. Still extending, still extending that love, Mm -hmm. that grace, that mercy to get right, Mm -hmm. to get right. Because how he puts it, hell wasn't made for man. It was made for the rebellious angels. Mm -hmm. And a person has to make their mind up to go there and just utterly reject empirical evidence Mm -hmm. (laughs) of Jesus being the Messiah. Because it can be tested and proven. Yeah. We got archaeological facts. We have, I mean, you can a person can pray mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. in their own personal testimony. I mean, and I love how scripture is written. It's written like a trial, a trial case. You have testament of men mm-hmm. over the ages testifying of the same God. These men, in some cases, they didn't even meet one another. Like Mark never met Elijah right. and he never met Moses, yeah. but yet they testify about the same God and they all have the same testimony about the same God. On the same spirit. Yep. So it is, it's proven, it's testable, and there's no reason to reject something that's proven. That's right. So if a person rejects it at that point, then it's all on them. It's intentional, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. 
some of the things. Yeah, Holy Spirit be working, man. Because I ain't like the stuff we had in my notes, stuff I had in my notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What we covered tonight, some of the stuff wasn't even in here. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't in here. That's how it is, man. Got to get a whole nother section for taking more notes when we do the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's how it is, man. It's, it's, and it's just about being willing, right? It's being willing to do this podcast and then being willing to mm-hmm. be or, or allowing Jesus to tell us what's actually happening and not having not having any hardness, right? No hardness of heart. Just letting him, letting his will happen. Letting the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do during this time. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. So very awesome. Okay, good night, brother. You're listening to the Walking with Jesus podcast, the show that brings you a new way to experience Jesus with your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Now back to the show and the closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, come to you tonight just thankful thankful of your presence, thankful of you giving us the opportunity to get into your word and for you to join us. Don't leave us hanging. You always come and join us. You have your Holy Spirit speaking to us. There are things that are highlighted now that wasn't highlighted before. And I know it's not me because my intellect, I'm bright, but I'm not that bright. So I know we know that it's you. And I just want to say, we want to say thank you. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for giving us more revelation about whom you are and showing us whom we are. That the conditions of our heart has to be changed and and we can't change it. We would be in the same predicament how how we look at the Pharisees if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. That's the only reason why these verses in, in, in scripture make sense is because of your Holy Spirit. So we come tonight asking, Lord, the people that are listening, that have a problem understanding scripture when they read it. When they open it up, it just looks like a foreign language to them. We're asking their God that you may open up their spiritual eyes to receive your word, open up their minds to have a greater understanding of your word. Because it only comes by the Holy Spirit teaching it to us. It's not because of us. It's only because of you. And so, Lord... We're praying that you may move them around the listeners to have greater understanding of your word, to put into them a restless spirit to just spend time into your word, to get that thorough and understanding and to give them resources, too, as well, along with this podcast, along with other resources that you, you have so they can have greater understanding of your word, whether that be a study Bible, whether it be a great commentary. We pray, Lord, you order their steps and bring it to them, dear God. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask this of you. And we, you did it for us. Because I recall there's a time in my life when this stuff, reading your word, 
it really didn't make sense. There were some parts that did, and there were some parts that didn't. And you opened up my mind, and you also brought in the resources. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you, Lord, for blessing, uh, blessing me to know Brother Malcolm. And I pray, Lord, you continue to speak to him. I pray that you replenish him, Lord. I know he does a lot. So I pray, Lord, that you may replenish him as he goes forward and doing the editing of the podcast as he goes forward. We're also doing the different endeavors and responsibilities that he, that he does throughout his household and his job. Pray that you may, may replenish him, Lord. Give him double. Give him energy, dear Lord. And we also pray, Lord, that you may give him favor. Continue to give him favor and continue to bless and also bless Brother Malcolm with rest. Rest in your Holy Spirit, dear Lord. Also, with all the responsibility that he has, we pray, Lord, that you go before him. Lead the path and allow the resources to just flow. And he doesn't have to deal with that strain, dear God. We're asking that you do this so that you may be glorified in his life, dear Lord. So that you may be glorified in his life, dear, dear Lord. And so that when people hear and see the things that you have done in Brother Malcolm's life, they see you. They see you, dear God. They see you and they see your purpose, dear Lord. And we just thank you again for what you've been doing. Thank you for allowing us to be able to get into your word freely. It's a choice. It's a choice to be able to get into your word freely. And we thank you for that. It's not a time lost. It really isn't. It's time gained. It's time gained because our roots get to running deeper with you because of this during this time frame. And we just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're praying, Lord, that you may continue to move them around our nation. We are greatly divided right now. But we're praying, Lord, that you may move them around your saints, your church, to bring in the unity. We're praying, dear God, that you may continue to order our steps to share the gospel with those that are lost, those that do not know you, because that's part of the reason why there's so much division. It's because people think they know what's in the word, but they don't. They don't, and their hearts haven't been changed. Their hearts haven't been changed because they haven't heard the gospel. Faith comes by hearing the words. And if the word isn't being taught properly, meaning they're not hearing it, their hearts aren't going to be changed. So we're praying, Lord, that your church, us, your called out ones, speak the word in the time that you want us to speak it in to those who you want us to speak it yes. to, unashamed, unabashed. May you continue to move on around us and bless us with the spirit of, 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 of a courageous spirit yes. to stand firm in the word, not being ashamed of what we believe because you're not ashamed of us. Yes. You're not ashamed to be called our father. You're not ashamed to be called our God. And so may we exemplify that in our daily affairs. In Christ Jesus' name, we pray unto you. We thank you. Amen. Amen, brother. Thanks for joining us this week on Walking with Jesus. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is as good a time as any. I invite you right now to go to Jesus Christ 
and let him know that you believe he died for you and he rose for you with all power and that you want him alone to be Lord of your life for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of eternal life. If you do that, you'll be saved right now. Get in your word, and while you converse and reason about biblical things, Jesus will walk with you. If you like what you heard and want to comment, you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. We'll pick one to read during an upcoming show, so record your message and send it, send it in now to join in the conversation. Again, that link is anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS feed so you'll never miss a show. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. God bless you. And until next time, keep walking with Jesus. Awesome. Mm. I love how God just comes in and just bam, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I thank you for your prayer. And it just, it's just hit me with that last statement in this, 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 this chapter. Like, he truly yes. loves us more than we can it's, ever yeah. imagine. I, I never, until you said that, I never paid attention to that. That was definitely a call for repentance for them, for whoever does the will. I mean, that's another opportunity for them. And these brothers, they don't even deserve it at that point. Because, hmm. I mean, they're, they're literally plotting to kill them. They're trying to, right. I mean, they're slandering them. Right. And he's like, I'm not seeing you for your sin. And that's how he looks at all of us. Hmm. That's how he looks at all of us. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm dig into this, man. His love, man. His love. Jesus, the the love is so powerful, and like I, like I think we don't even really we can't like how we can't really mm-hmm. get our heads around the whole universe. That like I think love is like that. Like I don't think we can. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we can fully grasp it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this situation, like he gives him a stern warning about, you know, eternal condemnation, but turns around mm-hmm. and still offers him the hand. Like, you could be my brother, my sister, my mother. You can be that. Mm. Just do the will of God. That is so powerful, man. Like, like I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, I don't know if I could do that. Like I couldn't do that. You know what I mean? But that, I mean, that's that's why Jesus is who He is. But but yeah, I desire that. I desire to love people the way He loved people. 
I do desire that, but like just this mm-hmm. situation is like right, his. I can't get my head around it. Yeah, because he knew they he wanted, knew it, and he, he still knew they like, wanted I to still, kill. I'm still. It he goes to that. show that biblical love is more of a mindset than it is a feeling. Because he 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 definitely exemplified. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. like I, I agree. Yeah, like he, he knew they wanted to kill him, but yet he's like. I'm trying to draft you in into being mm-hmm. family still. You may want to kill me. You may want me dead, but I'm trying to graft you in into being family. And when you become family, I want to bless you. I want you to be happy. And that's just, it's mind blowing because the natural me ain't built like that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I mean, that's but that's real. Like somebody, like somebody who just don't even somebody mm-hmm. that don't like you, you don't even yeah. want to bother with them. Much less want to kill you. And 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 he extends out like not even, you know, we can be friends. No, you gonna be my brother. You're going to be my sister. You're going to be my mother. Like, you go from not having any relationship with mm. him at all to being closest, like, blood. That's like, you get inside scoop with everything being that close. That's deep, man. And this is not just a man. This yeah, is the man. God of the universe saying that. Mm. Yeah. That's heavy, man. That's heavy. I'm like I'm trying to get my head around it, man, because it's it's heavy. That's the tr- to me. That's like the, yes, that's like the yes, true essence yeah. of agape. It's just like the true essence of it. Like like you said, it's not a it's not an emotional thing. It's a decision. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a function of of God's will. Yeah. It's a function of His will. Yeah, nothing there. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I can't say I did something. To deserve it, just like the Pharisees at this point, if they would have repented, there would have been nothing that they yeah. could say on the merits on why they were forgiven. Just uh, nothing more than the fact that God chose to do right. so. Right. He chose to do it, and I'm like, it's, man, man, there's nothing right. here that I mean, because up to this point, I mean, there's really nothing here for him to come out and say, like his. Uh, uh, just looking at it on the merits, he should still be going off on them. Right. That's, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, he should still be upset and frustrated. But no, like, and, and to your point, it's, it's not even like, okay, like a, a so-called good person, a person who, you know, they can say, I didn't do anything to deserve it. But these yeah. cats was literally doing the opposite mm-hmm. of what someone would do to deserve it. They were doing everything that, that, like, they like okay. They antagonize him, aggravating him, discrediting him, wanting to kill like everything to not deserve mm. it. And he still offers the olive branch to him to come into mm. my family. And that's what everybody. 
And that's the that that's From it. The KKK he to offers Nazi, that to everybody. To even Hitler. It was offered. Yeah, and it definitely that's why I really do feel like it takes the Holy Spirit to exercise mm-hmm. that love and forgiveness to a person. Yes. It really does. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. And I think I mean your your point is so powerful now too, because in order to like not be willing to re- to receive that offer. That yeah. is a that is a function of your will. That is a decision that you make to say no. He's offering whoever does my will is my brother, my my brother, mm. my sister, my mother, and you say mm. no. Yeah. How, how can you say no to that type of love? And it can't be, oh, I just don't understand. That's what I was missing. Like, he's giving you a pretext of what you would be missing just by saying mother, brother, or sister. I mean, he's giving that pretext yeah. just with them seeing the miracle. And I feel like he gives it that gives us that pretext now. I feel like when people, I, it's interesting because we don't, as I shared this with my wife, and I was like, you know, on the outside looking in, there's some things we won't notice. I mean, from the inside looking out, there's some things we won't notice. But on the outside looking in, somebody will look and be like, man, they'll, they'll notice it. And I feel like in our life, being Christians, there's mm-hmm. certain, certain things that other people have noticed that I didn't notice. <laughs> and I feel like that's like how I was with the Pharisees. It's like mm-hmm. you're seeing somebody else get their miracle. You on the outside looking in, why didn't you get one? Mm. Could have got one in the form of a relationship mm. Mm. with the most high. Just said no. Mm. 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 And that like that hurts, man. That like like as much as I, I, I can't get my head around the love that Jesus mm-hmm. has for it. And, and that, that's a joyful feeling. I, I also feel the, the pain mm-hmm. and hurt for someone who rejects that. Like, I feel so sorry for them, for anyone. Because like you said, this is a, this is a universal offer. It's not just to me and because we go to church, we go to First Baptist or mm-hmm. we do in this pocket. Nah, this is for everybody. And you make up in your mind and your heart that you're going to say no to that? Yes. It's bad. I know we're over, but I think about some of the people that I know of now that are with Christ. And when they say how they were before they met Christ, mm-hmm. and they would have died back then. And that's the thing that gets me sometimes when I look at people and I see them in their like outward sin and I see them just not like, not just like hating everything pertaining to God. And it really does make me feel sad. I don't really get, I, I don't get mad. I get sad for them because I, now when I'm at, I don't see them for where they're, for where they're currently at. I see them where they could be. 
And when I think, like, for example, um, it's a pastor in California. His name is Rory. Rory Reese. He's um, Puerto Rican. And we was in Miami. We used to listen to him. And I remember him giving a testimony on how he was before he met Christ. And he said he was wild. He said he was mm-hmm. out there. He said anything imaginable he mm-hmm. used to do. And he said at one point, he got to the point that he had plans on killing his wife. And he said he was going to kill his wife and then mm-hmm. kill herself. Because he said he got real low. And hearing the story, because me and my wife was listening to this in the car, and hearing the story, we looking at one another like, man, I would have never imagined that with, with this man. Because he's yeah. just so deep into the faith. Right. It just seemed like I can't believe you were once there, but that's the power of Christ to change a person like that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm just thinking like, man, if I would have met him back then and when he was out there like that Mm. and normal notion is to look at a person that's it for him. That's it. But God doesn't, he he doesn't see us like that. He's like, no, you're a minister. And it's like from hearing him, from how he breaks down the word, I'm like, man, dude, is I would have never ever pictured him like that. Like I even heard like for um um John MacArthur, I heard a testimony from him when he was like before he became a pastor, he was fighting it. He said he was fighting it real bad, and God allowed him to get into a car accident. And he was the only one that got hurt in the car. It was a group of them, and he was the only one that got hurt. And it's like. We, I feel like from the human side, it's easy to look at a person and just see, like, for example, the hate a person may exemplify towards us. And I feel like it's the Holy Spirit that clicks it. And it's like, you see it, but then you're able to look over it. But I I feel like it kind of, it's a growing thing. I feel like, I know from myself, it's been like, it's, like certain things I was able to look over. And it's like, as I get, as I grow more in Christ, that number of things I'm able to look increases. Exactly. Cause we spending time looking at him. Things, things don't yes. look the same. Yes. Things don't look the same when you, you gaze at him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Things look different. The desires are different. Passions are different. But you got to keep your eyes on him. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is so good, man. This is so good. Yeah, as always, every time we finish the podcast, I'm always thinking about it. (laughs) Because God always, it's like a download, something to definitely hit your spirit and to keep meditating on. That's right. This is, this is, that's why I feel like it's important when we pray before these things just to set the heart right. Right. Yeah, so yeah. He can give us something new because we 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 are going fairly deep into this stuff, and I, I I mean I do feel like we miss stuff even though we have great you know our 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 podcasts are great like we're really digging in, but I still feel like we're missing stuff. So that's why I, like I try to always just pray that have his have his way because he want he'll reveal what he wants us to know. Because it's gonna probably mm-hmm. prepare us for something later or help us in the situation that we got coming up. Yeah. 
So I thank you, brother. This is really good. This is probably one of, right, one of our better ones. I thank you. Yeah. I say that every week. <laughs> this is our best one. <laughs> that for the next, what, 16 chapters. <laughs> yeah, but it keeps getting better as we go along. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right, brother. You enjoy the rest of your evening, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to uh, grab something to eat and just continue to look at this word for a little bit, man. But you... You have a good one, and we'll we'll talk on Wednesday. Oh, thank you.